Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. I'm Kat Smith, and with me is Vagard Svanberg. Hi, Vagard. Hi. How are you doing? You're getting better at pronouncing my name. I'm, fi- I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I had to, do you know what, for this podcast, um, I had to get someone to do the intro and we were talking about the best person for the job and I decided that an American male accent would be fabulous and he uh, sent me a demo of his voice and he had pronounced Vagard's name about six or seven times because I had <laughs> said, <laughs> so I just wrote back and said, pronounce it like V-A-Y. And maybe with a D, but maybe not. I should with probably a D. send him a sample. He can listen to it tonight. I still don't think anyone would get it because you know it's kind of a weird name. So yeah. maybe I should call you Vincent. A weird name. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's not weird in Norway, but uh, yeah, <laughs> well, true. Cool. I, I usually, when I check into hotels, they ask me how it's spelled, and I say Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a a. a a reason why I call myself cat and usually pre- um, proceed it with a meow so everyone knows what kind of cat I am it makes oh, the little kids dear. laugh anyway so yeah oh, anyway yeah. on to what we're talking about today what are we talking about yes. today we're talking about my favorite Italian and it isn't margarita and it's not Prosecco but that's a close second my favorite Italian is Your favorite Italian Wilfredo Parente. Yeah, 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 statistician, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Well, he is an Italian. Anyway. We're talking about him today Italian. because we're talking about the 80-20 principle. Um, very dry topic, very, very dry. Uh, uh, I must say, uh, well, we'll get back to that, it sounds dry. But? But it's really powerful, and from, from that... I mean, it gets exciting when you start implementing it, but I'm not going to fast forward here. So, introduce us to the 80-20 principle cat. Well, principle first I'm going to tell a story, principle cat. Um, I am going to tell you a story because that's what I'm good at, um, allegedly. So, when I travelled from New Zealand to the UK back in 2001, we, me and my husband, we did what's called colloquially in New Zealand as the big OE, the big overseas experience. And the majority of Kiwis and probably Aussies do this is that they take time off to go and explore the homeland because the majority of us are related to someone English way back when and we get a special kind of visa. We can do two years traipsing around UK and Europe and often do this when we're in our early 20s and we go and get absolutely trashed in every city we can find and soak up some of the local culture and then work in a pub and then come back to New Zealand. Sounds really boring. Start a family. Absolutely. But uh, my husband and I did it when we were a little bit older. So we'd already done the being a home thing and having the cars and houses and boats and what have you. So we decided to do it when it was a bit later. And I left it like that because my mum's English. So I could pretty much go when I wanted without the visa restrictions of age. So we hit Heathrow, and at Heathrow, if you're a Kiwi or an Aussie, you get what's called the Heathrow injection. So they take you to a little side room, and they give you a jab in the bum, and then you go into the country, and six months later, you are as fat as a house. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Blame the shots. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm sure they must have done it sneakily because I don't remember it, but I do remember getting very fat as did a house. Stuff, did it stuff your neck? Well, it wasn't anything to do with the drinking culture, you know, the pub culture of the UK, or nor was it to do with the kebab culture at 2am when you finished drinking, nor was it to do with the fact that you don't exercise as much because it's cold and dark and freezing and you don't want to go out and exercise. None of that was completely a heat no, or injection. No, can't, can't be a lot. No, it must and be an injection. Yeah, that's what I'm blaming it on. Anyway. Yeah, sure. So the injection created... Fat cat. Fat cat. I became yeah. fat cat. I meow. A huge <laughs> man of weight. I know. Meow. And, uh, meow. You totally dented that queen bitch thing with the meow. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got really fat. And um, it wasn't until quite a long time afterwards when I, I'd slimmed down again that I heard something and it was very profound. And the profundity of this was that... I've heard people say it now. is that like you can't out train a bad diet and that majority of the time when you are trying to be healthy and fit is that it's 80 percent of what you eat creates that weight <laughs> it's not you can't run it off you can't bike it off those are really great things to be doing at the same time as understanding what you're putting down your neck and what you're eating and what you're drinking but 80 percent of fat loss is to do with diet so the other 20% is the exercise. So if you can concentrate on the 80%, then you're going to get a much bigger result from the 80%. So in the 20% that you might think, oh, I'll go out for a run every day, but you're still shoving donuts and pies and pints of beer down your neck, that's not going to help. It's not going to get you to that, that point that you're wanting to lose weight. Um, and then I also discovered that this phenomena is called the 80-20 principle or the law of the vital few or the Pareto principle. And it was because this Italian Vilfredo Pareto discovered it in the 18th century. And he was looking at uh, the discrepancy between landowners and poor people and how much wealth there was distributed amongst uh, the nation. Or And then he looked beyond the nation of Italy and looked worldwide about distribution of wealth and what he found was that 20% uh, of the people owned 80% of the wealth and if he looked even further he found that there was a 1% that owned pretty much 90% or 99% of the wealth so there was always a very wealthy and it was the same every country he looked into when it came to landowners and then this this concept developed over time you know Wilfredo was a bit of an overachiever. He was an economist. He was a designer. He was an architect. He did all sorts of cool things. And I imagine he'd be quite the, the fun guy at parties, not. But um, what he put into words and what people later discovered was that the 80-20 principle is everywhere. So... Yeah, I'm sure he had a few party tricks, didn't he? I mean, he discovered that. 80% of the wear on carpets is on 20% of the of the surface. <laughs> what a dinner That's party conversation. That's a cool party trick, isn't it? <laughs> All that people only use 20% of their clothes 80% of the time. And the same goes, I mean, in the kitchen with everything you have there. This applies everywhere, doesn't it? And you've mentioned yeah. two numbers. Uh, it's 80 and it's 20. And what yeah. we're talking about here is a skewed distribution. We're not talking about... And this is important to say, we're not necessarily talking about 
the actual numbers 80 to 20, but you're talking about an, an even distribution of stuff when you compare two sets of data. And that's important as well. Um, not because you're comparing two sets of data. No, yeah. not everything is equal. Uh, and this goes with, I mean, human relations as well. You probably have, you, you could have many friends, but you probably have, what, one, two very close friends. And 80% of your pleasure comes from 20% of your friends. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> a different podcast. Not going to go into pleasure, cut. This is not that kind of episode. Oh, well, we had to make it fun. Come on. Yeah, yeah, well, it is fun. And it's not always, uh, it's not always 80-20. No. It doesn't even have to be limited to, it doesn't have to add up to 100 either. And it could even exceed uh, 100. Because yeah, but that gets that. pretty mind-blowing. It gets mind-blowing, but 5%, whatever you do, could lead to 110 increase in whatever. So, say, it's these numbers are flexible, but it's about an uneven... Uh, well, what we're saying is it's not a 50-50 in every it's situation. In fact, it's pretty much not 50-50 anywhere in life because life, life isn't fair. And the numbers aren't and fair, really, when you think about it. And you, when you think about the fact that the, the, the world is becoming such a you know, PC place and that you know, everything has to be said very very calmly and very not ruffling except feathers here. and not be offensive except for here. Except on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it doesn't work. The system doesn't work because the system isn't fair. But what is what you can do about it, there is something you can do about it, isn't there? You can decide what you're going to do in the face of those numbers. So you're going to decide the consequences of how you use those numbers to your advantage. Exactly. And the bad news is that you probably spend 80% on your time of your time on low-value tasks. That was me. good news is... Good news. There are, there's plenty of room for improvement. Yeah. And yeah, there's even better news is that when you use this principle and you're looking at your, your own figures and your own clients and your client database that you've got already, there's a huge amount of money that you're leaving on the table that you can pick up using this principle. You do. And, and I'd like to ask you something. Because I heard some, heard some rumours that you have previously spent quite a lot of time on Facebook. Yeah, I was one of those people that would just constantly click and see how many updates there were every second. And I'd be yeah. doing something. How much, how much money did that make you? Um, less than zero. Yeah. When I say less than um, zero, so it's that's a good costing example. me time. Was it it was costing you time. And it's a good example of... Things that may give you some results. We're not saying that faffing around on Facebook not necessarily gives you, you anything, but it's an example of an 80-20 thing where you maybe spend not necessarily 80, but say 60% of the time on Facebook during a given period. The problem with something like Facebook, though, is that it's distracting. So you might do the one, one little thing that's going to help you get, you know, like an advertisement that yes. is bringing you some money. But then you spend the rest of the time wondering what that cat is doing on that violin. Yeah. And looking at that gif of a banana dancing. That, I mean, it, you just get distracted and you get pulled into this great big hole of nothingness. And, and it takes And by time, the way, so. we're, not saying, we're not saying don't do Facebook or don't do whatever. What we're saying is that the first thing you could probably do, you probably should do, is to look at what you do. And... Probably just write down. You, you could just start by recording your time. 
and just do it for a week <laughs> just and really be honest with yourself what you're spending time on because what you find is that you spend a lot of time just just faffing around really and we're not saying and this is a consequence of the 80-20 principle as well you can never optimize yourself away from the 80-20 principle so what you can do is that you can get better at spending your time and you can improve through lots of things but you always find that there's an, an even distribution of, of whatever you do so you can find that tasks that you spend what between say i have one particular task in mind actually you could spend 20 to 30 minutes a day on one thing that probably would outperform most of of the rest the rest of activities you do that day and that is for instance your which will come back to you but you'll say your daily emails emailing a list every day that's between 20 minutes and half an hour every day but the results from that are and you have a client don't you cat with with stellar results from doing that phenomenal results yeah phenomenal results and we're not going to go into that because that's a topic from later for a later episode but it's an example of how you really need to look at what you do and prioritize you're listening to the grow your salon fast show with cat and vagard remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com I guess that's the thing. Sometimes you need to you need to know what your priorities are, and if you don't know what your priorities are, that's where you have to start. So the eighty twenty principle gives you a formula and a very simple formula to find out where your priorities are. So, for example, you've got a a business and you've got clients in your business already, and you may have some data that um, you've had for a number of years. So you've had clients coming in for a number of years, and you maybe not have looked at the figures and the reason that people don't and the reason I've been shown for many salon owners who don't look at their figures is it's kind of scary and figures can be scary but they're just figures they are just a measurement of the results that you're getting and you should embrace them and I'm not talking about you know having an accountant having your PNR, embrace having, your figures <laughs> embrace your embrace figures, your figures. <laughs> take them and cuddle them and make love to them baby um because they're easy they're really simple and you can get the most basic information from your most basic details so for example you could look at your top 20 percent of your clients the clients who spend the most money with you so you can take your list of clients and and you can filter out who spends the most the 20 percent that spend the most money with you and then you can also look at the top 20% of services that you sell. So with your services, you sell, you know, maybe sell 20, 25 types of services, but you can look at the top 20% and find the two or three that you sell the most of. And then you can do all sorts of things with that information. But one of the main things you can do is you can look at your top 20% of customers and then say, okay, why are they my top 20%? What do they do different from the rest of them? What do I do different? to them or for them? Why do they come and spend so much money with me? What can I do extra for them to make more money out of these people? And all of a sudden, there's more money on the table because you're not taking advantage of really giving value to those top 20% of customers. You can also look at your top 20% of services and say, okay, my top 20% of services are these services. What can I do to promote these services more? What can I do to make these services even better? And what happens if I just 
put the prices up on that top 20%. All of a sudden, you know, whoosh, more money comes straight through the door because you put your prices up on your top 20%, which is gonna make you more money very quickly. And you haven't had to do anything for it except look at some numbers. And it's about niching down, for instance. I've done this several times, but, but several times, but I've gone through all the services and products I've provided, and I've found that some products and services give me more, not necessarily just more turnover, but give me more profits. And that's important to look at as well, because you need to look at what you earn money from. Yeah. Uh, also, what you could add to the equation is, for instance, how much time you spend on it in terms of resources from your staff, stuff like that. And what you will will find at some point is that you'll find some things you're really good at and you earn a lot from money. It's easy to you and it's easy to, to uh, convey the message to, to your customers what you do. It, it aligns with your avatar, stuff like that. And that is your sweet spot. That's the things you need to do. That's Several the honey times layer. I've, yeah. yeah, it is. It's the, it's the it's kitten honey, but area. You, uh, you can also use it to make to see your top 20% of staff. So what are they doing yeah. and how are they doing it and why at the 80% at the bottom, what are, what are they doing differently and how exactly. can you get them up to that 20%? How can you get those staff to do what those top earners are doing? So you don't have to reinvent the wheel each time. You don't have to think, oh, my God, where do I start? You can just say, okay, yeah. pick the top 20%. Let's work with that. And it also becomes a little bit like you say, so you have to look at your figures at the same time and look at the time spent and all the rest of it. But then if you wanted to do some type of marketing campaign and you wanted to send out a letter to, to everyone to sell something, you could put your top 20% and send it to them because you kind of know that they're more likely to respond than your whole entire list exactly. of clients. And it costs you less money to do it that way and you probably will get a better return. I found uh, recently, actually, I tried to use the 8 to 20 principle, but I mean, we're not all perfect. Well, I, I'm almost <laughs> perfect, you. and I know you are, Kat, but meow. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I used it quite recently, and I found that I could target a very, very narrow niche of customers where it wasn't, I don't think it even was 80 20. I think it was more like about 5% or something. But that list I targeted, that list I, I was able to pull out and target, they were hyper responsive. So, so I got a lot of response just from that little, that, that small list. Um, normally, you could see, I mean, in marketing, if you're lucky, you could see the 1% mark. But in this case, it's been like, like 20%, 30%. And, and we're not even done. Um, uh, with this marketing to that list so we'll see in a, a month or two but it's really interesting to to see what you can do when you apply the 80 20 principle and the the, the the really interesting thing and it really sounds boring i mean the 80 20 principle and blah 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 but it's, numbers. it's about the results yeah and that's the important thing it's about what you get out from it because what you also can do is that i know that many salon owners work too hard and they worry a lot but yep. by applying this principle, you you don't necessarily need to make more money, but you could even, you, you can maybe you could, you could have one day off just because you optimize how you work that week and you focus on the most important things. And what we will find is that you'll find that you, you spend time on ridiculous tasks. Like I know someone who, who cleaned, she, she used to clean her office herself two times a week and she spends, what, an hour or two. So she not only did she find that that distracted her from the work, but it also what well, it was kind of hanging over her that now oh today is washing day, so I have to do that today. So she kind of yeah. well, what she did was hiring hiring someone to do the cleaning, 
And yeah. she found out she freed up lots of time. Yeah. She stressed down. She didn't have to think about it. And then she did, did the same at home and hired a cleaning lady there as well. Because yeah. that, and that improved things even more. Um, and it's just, the list is endless. Well, then, you like do. you say, there are you there are things you can do. So once you find out what's working for you and what doesn't work for you, so what's taking up most of your time, like the cleaning or whatever, you can outsource it or delegate it or automate it. So there's a you know three things that you can put into place, and that's so really that, that's important. It's not taking up your time anymore, yeah. and it's getting that off your plate, so you can deal with the top twenty percent of stuff that's making you the eighty exactly. percent of the return. And this ties into what you said earlier, because what you said earlier, and this might have gone. Uh, and gone by a bit, a bit quick. But what you said earlier was that within the 80-20. So, so you find the important task and you start doing them. But then you will see as you start to working, start working on only the important tasks, you will find that even within those important tasks, you have tasks that are important as well. So you will find inside that 80-20 you're just working, you'll find another set of 80-20. Yeah. So, so just by outsourcing and delegating stuff, you can, you can, you can, you should always strive for working closer and closer with the more important, more important, more important tasks all the time. Same with your clients. You can take the top 20% of clients and within that 20%, so take, say you had 100 clients, for example, and you took the top 20, within that there'll be 20% who will be even more bigger spenders and even better clients than the top yeah, so you'll, you'll have two that are amazing clients and you'll and then you'll have the one who's the perfect client, the ideal client, probably the person that you should write an avatar about. And they will buy anything from you any time of the day or night and still want more and never question anything and do exactly what you want them to do and be the godlike type person you want in your salon. So you're right, there's there's a 80-20 principle within every single set of data so as you go along you'll find there's even you'll have a hyper responder and then you'll have an uber responder and then you'll have the godlike responder someone who does everything yes and um i found this in other things as well i mean um uh, when i do referrals for instance and, and look for testimonials i could of course talk to each and every customer and i sort of do because i email them everyone and ask for for feedback but what I find is that what I what I find is that some of these customers respond more than others, and some of them are better at expressing themselves and giving me the information I could use in the marketing. So what I've done, for instance, is to create an email follow-up campaign where I kind of sift through all the customers. So I have this this funnel. I ask people a broad question, and then I see what they respond to, and then I narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down until I find the ideal clients I can use for testimonials and referrals and stuff like that. And it works really well. And that makes it, I mean, then you won't have to spend your energy on, as you said, if you have a list of 100 people, you don't have to spend your time on talking to every each and every one of those 100 people. Now you can narrow it down, just talk to 20 of them. And that means lower marketing costs. But yeah. it also means better results because the other 80 probably wouldn't have responded anyway or maybe one or two of them would but the rest of them you would have wasted what mail and ads and whatever phone exactly calls, time and on, that, on once you understand that anyway. concept it's it makes your life so much easier 
And, and like you say, you find more time in your day. There's more time. You can take time off the floor. You could actually take a day a week off or you could take two days a week off. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. And you can actually work on your business rather than being there having to deal with it all. And you could actually do things that are even more profitable so they're making much more money for you to come in the salon. And it can make your staff more productive, which is a massive thing because, you know, staff they're not really there to work for you. They're there for their own agenda, which is a massive topic, and we'll talk about that another time. But once you really, really, really understand and click onto this and use this principle for you, make it work for you, it's limitless. The amount of time you're going to have is going to be freed up. The amount of money that's going to come through your door is going to be exponential, and it's going to make your life so much easier. I'm going to use myself... um as an example, before we, we wrap up, uh, a couple, a few years ago, I found myself to be really stressed out. I was in my office all the time and I didn't really have time to work on the important tasks because I had people popping into my office all the time. I had people calling me all the time. And uh, every time you get interrupted, you will use at least 15, 20 minutes to get back in kind of the bubble yeah. again. So what I did was that I built a home office really uh, in my garage, just built an office there and started working from there three times a week instead of being in the office. And that, that had a huge impact on the productivity. But another added bonus, which I wasn't aware of before I started doing this, because I was just looking forward to just having some time for myself doing the important tasks. What I didn't realize is that the staff and the people there could actually handle things well on them, uh, by themselves. I didn't who have knew? to be there because what <laughs> happened, who knew? Because what happened was that they came into my office to ask my opinion on things. Yeah. But they didn't really want, they didn't really need my opinion. And that's what I've discovered as they gotten used to not having me around is that they've actually started solving their problems, own problems. on their own. So you yes. have some autonomy and, and they started using their brains. Exactly, because we business owners, we think that, and, and sometimes, I mean, it, sometimes it is, it is true in many cases that we probably do the job better because we're more interested in, uh, we're more motivated probably to do it because we're more interested in customer service, blah, blah, blah. So we at least we think we do the job better. But when you, once you give people autonomy and they can do things themselves, they they will learn how to do that and they will actually be able to, even if they don't do it your way, they will do it good enough. Good enough and sometimes and good enough, good is, enough done. is good enough. Yep. And this, this, this is a huge topic and we'll get back to this, but... Sometimes good enough is good enough. You still need to pay attention to details. For instance, if you give, if, if you publish a book, you can't publish a book full of typos, but you can, you can still finish the book, the content, and make it good enough. And that, that's, yeah. yeah um, exactly. That's something we'll talk about in another episode. Yes. And I think actually that's probably a really good place to wrap up on. But what are we going to talk about in the next episode? Have we we got... haven't decided. Oh, so it's a mystery podcast. So it's a mystery podcast. If you're hanging out to see what happens then, stay tuned and you know what to do. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.